social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. All the social ladies. Michelle is suffering from lack of human interaction because she just tried to start this podcast with, how do you do, fellow kids? And I told her she was not allowed to do that. Well, I didn't say that just because I wanted to. It's part of something I want to talk about. I know, but a normal greeting would have sufficed. Let's start over. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. (laughs) Okay, so I said, how do you do, fellow kids? Because there's this crazy thing going on on the internet right now with the AP college tests and Reddit. Okay, tell me more. Because of coronavirus, the AP tests can't be taken in person. Right. And so they've transitioned to like an online model for taking the tests. And it's open book. You can like use your notes. Yeah, you can use your notes. You can Hmm. use Google, whatever. But the one thing that the college board was like very set on was not having people cheat by like sharing answers okay so then (laughs) dinosauce 313 started a subreddit and there was like all this language within it like how do you do fellow kids and (laughs) want to help out the normies like me and it was just like completely not written by a teenager what was the purpose of it okay so it's ap test 2020 is the official subreddit and It says its purpose is a community of students taking the 2020 AP exams and wanting to use online resources while doing so. And there was all these things for people to like submit through Google Docs and forums. And it kept saying, this is anonymous. This is anonymous. It wanted to catch cheaters. So that's the purpose. So that's the theory. But they, so the college board said they'd be monitoring social media and discussion sites Ah. to detect and disrupt cheating. So people think that the college board started this subreddit uh, to catch kids who are cheating. Got it. You know, I mean, I've been seeing all of these memes on Twitter, too, that about how hard the tests have mm-hmm. been this year. It's funny how it was a Reddit thing and then went viral on TikTok and people were talking about it on Twitter and it's just completely blew up. Of course. I mean, that's always what happens. And that's why we're talking about it now, too. Yep. Speaking of the teens, I actually want to call attention to our girl, Charlie DeMaio, and her sister. Is that how you say her last name? That's how I've been saying it in my head. Okay. Her and her sister are now launching a podcast. For those who don't know, Charlie is like the queen of TikTok. She's launching a podcast of her own, which I find very modern day, if you will. What is she going to be talking about? They're going to be talking about social trends. So I guess my whole point here is that we might be beat out by Charlie. It's interesting that you bring up the podcast because TikTok actually named a new CEO this week in Mm. the U.S., um, Kevin Meyer, and he comes from Disney's streaming efforts. Oh, yeah. And I was reading about how he has the opportunity to kind of turn TikTok into more than just the short video streaming. Right. Things like creating reality TV shows for the TikTok creators, um, you know, using his experience with copywriting because we all know disney is like (laughs) impossible to ever use any of their stuff yeah yeah. um and tiktok's facing a lot of issues or struggles right now with music copywriting all the licensing yeah exactly so yeah that's going to be an interesting perspective too especially when you look at the family friendly mm -hmm. aspect of disney yep tiktok i wouldn't say is extremely family friendly well and i think that's part of this move is to kind of bring someone with a background in this 
Disney brand to the face of TikTok to kind of reassure parents and weary Americans mm-hmm. who have been hesitant to get on the app because of the privacy yeah. issues. Wow. So, looking forward to seeing I know. what we'll Kevin see what does. Happens. We'll see what happens there. We have something new coming for our brand. <laughs> we have made some stickers for Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> and we bring this up because Giphy was actually purchased by Facebook slash Instagram um, to better integrate the stickers and the reaction GIFs into all the different networks. Mm. As it stands now, about 50% of Giphy's traffic is already coming from Facebook-owned applications. I mean, it makes sense. We tried to apply for a Giphy account, brand account, um, to be able to upload our stickers to use on our brand Instagram account. And it was just like, it, it should have been easier. So we are excited to see what's in store. Yeah, I think that's going to be a nice addition to Agree. our social media feed. Agree. So getting into today's episode, Michelle, you and I were both really excited to talk to Holly Liss Jamee. Yes. I think she is one of the most prominent figures in, you know, social media history. I mean, she's, I I don't know if that sounds like a crazy hyperbole, but I think it's true. She's touched some of the most incredible brands. Yeah. I mean, she built Goop's social presence. She built the infatuation social presence. And now she started her own agency in List, where she has a huge roster of other clients. Yeah. I mean, Sweet Green, um, Shake Shack, Missy, which is like our favorite <laughs> pasta restaurant in Brooklyn. I mean, she's done an incredible job with building social presences and she has a really great outlook on, on how to do it well. Yep. And she'll tell us about it right now. Hi, Holly. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We are so excited to have you on today. And we're really excited to start with the social media speed round. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Favorite social network? Instagram. What about your go-to emoji? You know what? It's been the orange heart lately. Mm. Twitter or TikTok? TikTok. Stories or feed? Stories. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of? Oh, um, that brand, uh, Lunia. I don't know if I'm saying their name right, but they've been tracking me and following me. Since I got engaged, like literally a year and a half. That's ago. hysterical. I get them all the time too, and I have no idea why. Same, because I never bought anything from right. them. I've never Googled them. No offense to the brand, you're great. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know. There's at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what about your favorite meme? Favorite meme? I mean, I have favorite meme accounts. Oh, yeah, that's good. Can I do that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, I love Saint Hoax. I think I'm saying that right. Um, my therapist says, and my good friend Jilly Hendricks, who like just get like she's just always on the cultural trends. Yes. Like I've never seen. Yes, that. I love this. I love that you have full accounts, right? You're a true internet person, like we are. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay, awesome. So that is the speed round. And now we'll jump right into the interview. Tell us why you are a social media guru. Well, thank you. Um, Well, I have been in social for over 10 years now. So kind of like this old lady in the game. (laughs) Not old lady. Um, We like to say OG. (laughs) OG. Thank you. Yes. Um, I'm an OG uh, in the social media game. 
But, you know, I basically started my career building brands presence from the ground up and majority of my time was spent in house. So I started at Helmut Lang in 2009. Um, and then I was at Theory, then I was at Goop. Um, and then I went off on my own um, and started my own consulting business in List. And what we do there is we really focus on strategic social media storytelling and one of my first clients was the infatuation and I ended up going back in house with them. So we worked together for about three years and then I, I left and started consulting again. So I've been focusing on enlist now for about over two years as like a true main focus. Um, but we started about five years ago. So it's been this really amazing journey. I think, you know, coming from both the corporate side and the startup side, it really gave me that sort of great base mm -hmm. to really work with a variety of different clients and also categories yeah. of business, you know? And I think without that in-house experience and really being at the ground level of what it takes to not only like build a brand presence, but also hit business mm -hmm. goals, um, that really set me up for success to start my own thing. Absolutely. I mean, I, and the infatuation is I would say my favorite account on social media. And I started following you. It must have been a couple of years ago when I started following the infatuation because I loved the social media presence. And then, of course, working in social media, I was like, oh, who's behind this? Yeah. And so I've actually been following you on Instagram for a while now. So it's really exciting to talk with you today. Oh. about. I have some questions specifically about the infatuation. Um, but first, you know, I did read an interview about what you do at Enlist. You described it as kind of going in and acting as director of social for a period of time. And, and like you said, helping that brand get its strategy off the ground. And my first question is, where do you start? Like, what is the first thing you do when you're with that client and kicking it off? Yeah. So my discovery looks like this. So I like to spend, you know, a good day if I can, you know, um, and really get the key brand and business stakeholders together in a room and ask them a billion questions about their brand, mm -hmm. their business, and really making sure that I'm extracting as much high-level intel um, and really being super clear on what their business goals are because that really needs to inform the social strategy. So that's really where I start. Um, and I go through a variety of different questions that ask them about like their differentiators and their brand pillars and their mission um, and all the other exciting launches that they have in place and any brand strategies they've worked with or brand agencies they've worked with in the past. And, um, you know, just making sure that everything we're doing on social is really telling a cohesive story, um, you know, based off of their other channels and marketing strategies. That makes a ton of sense. I think we talk a lot at our agency, too, about wanting to align cross-platform marketing initiatives with social because oftentimes we get this, you know, person in the room who's talking about social from just a touch point. You know, they just need to have an Instagram presence or they need to be on Facebook running ads or or having YouTube pre-roll, something random like that. And it's oftentimes we have to kind of convince them that social will actually drive mm -hmm. ROI, which is so interesting to think about because, I mean, look at all the successes. I mean, these brands specifically that you've worked on. And it's so you know, in line with what we do at Likeable too, to think about these types of things and look at the brand holistically and get a good sense of just like what's happening, what are they doing, what kind of stories are they trying to tell, and then figure out how to better tell those stories specifically through Not an Instagram. Medium. Exactly, right. exactly. You know, it's so interesting. You have to basically translate things mm -hmm. on social. So 
one that they make sense for that particular platform, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever have you. But, you know, it's this like translation and changing the language, but really understanding how audiences um, digest content on those platforms and what is our brand message and how do we want to sort of decipher that and translate that on those platforms so it actually does resonate and doesn't feel like marketing. Mm -hmm. I think that's always the challenge that I love is like, let's not sound like marketing. Right. Like, how would you talk to a friend and sort of explain what you're doing and, and get them to care? Yeah, I think that's a huge thing we we talk about with some of our other guests on the show too, is finding that balance between, you know, brand building and buying, getting people to buy Make your products. Yeah. So we use the word authenticity so much. I mean, on this podcast and in the industry, it's like such a buzzword now is like trying to make content truly feel organic right. or so running ads. Like ad, yeah. yeah, but like running ads that feel organic too. Sometimes it's just like funny to say out loud. I guess, Holly, the question that we would have for you around that then is like, how are you defining authenticity when it comes to approaching social? What does that look like for the brands you're working with? Yeah, I think it's really defining what your mission and purpose is as a brand as a whole. And then why are you different from everyone mm -hmm. else out there? And really specifying those differentiators and being really clear about them. And then based off that, really creating content pillars off of that, that can really tell your social story. Um, and so I think authenticity really comes from defining who you are as a brand, your mission, your purpose, and then figuring out those differentiators. And then how do you tell that story in a way that feels fresh and really should be informed by your unique point mm -hmm. of view? So going off of that, one thing that it again, that I love about the infatuation is these kind of like programmed Instagram stories that the brand does where every week it's the same thing and there's a different person telling that story, whether that's the restaurant ride along or the top 10 countdowns. And I use that as example for clients all the time of, you know, using your internal employees as these content creators and, you know, you don't have to overproduce the content for it to be successful, successful mm -hmm. and digestible and entertaining. I would love to hear about your thought process behind this idea um, because I know this was also very soon after Instagram stories launched that infatuation jumped on the the feature. So we'd love to just have you talk us through how that came to be. It's always great to be the first, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when Instagram drops IGTV or stories or, you know, any kind of new feature, it's always you kind of really stand out from everyone else if you can sort of be the first and really use it creatively and in a way that still tells your brand story, right? And so I think um, restaurant review ride-alongs for the infatuation is a perfect example of that, um, where you you know you come to the infatuation for their you know trusted sort of advice and thoughts and feelings about a restaurant. But I think they really thought through you know how do you really scale out that content and utilize your team. Mm -hmm to really, you know, be able to do that. And so I think it's really interesting to think through, you know, how do you continually make this channel an always on channel by leveraging your in-house team um, to help you scale that content? Because from a budgetary perspective, it can get really tough to always do these super high produced right. shoots, but there's so much value also in seeing it in a real and right. raw way. And that's what is so captivating. And I think especially for Instagram stories, you want to see the other side, you know, you want to see the real look, you want to see the real experience and stories with such a perfect platform for that, while also be able to scale that amongst the team um, to really put that together. And, you know, there's such value and 
having that beautiful high end campaign imagery and, you know, super glossy mm-hmm. videos, but there's also a lot of value in seeing it on an iPhone right. and seeing that real experience. And so I think having that balance is also really key to building an authentic uh, profile, whether it's on stories or your feed. Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, put yourself in the consumer's shoes. If they're following a restaurant on Instagram and they see a photo of the dish, you know, taken on a phone, that classic overhead shot that we always take before we eat a meal. <laughs> if they see that on their, their Instagram, like that will inspire them to try it because they take the same kind of photos, right. they eat the same kind of meals. I think the same thing you could say something for, for Goop too, like seeing inside someone's medicine cabinet or getting to know, you know, what the routine is. It really just makes it more accessible. Right. People can see themselves in it. it. Exactly. It's relatable. We've talked about a couple of different verticals so far. Like Goop is clearly very different than the infatuation, which is different from theory. Um, And I'm sure at Unlist right now, you talk about like you talk to a handful of different brands, like spanning so many different verticals. But we'd be curious, like what foundational things do you think really should be considered regardless of industry when looking at you know, a social strategy? Yeah, I think regardless of industry to really consider five things. And I think it's one, defining your purpose and being really clear about your mission and your brand pillars and figuring out what those are. And that should help define your voice. Um, I think the second thing is being really specific on, on your differentiators and really leaning into those. And I think that also helps you be authentic and helps you create that unique point of view i say the third thing is creating those content pillars um, to really help you bring your story to life. Um, And then I'd say the fourth thing is developing your aesthetics. So really kind of locking in your look and feel, your color profile and your mood, whatever it is, whatever category of business you're in, because that really gives like an energy and a Mm -hmm, vibe to what you're doing. Um, So I would say like, you know, those four things are wildly important. And then I would say the fifth thing is, you know, once you really start to kind of launch and go and you're this like living and breathing social platform, you should really be pivoting based off data. And, you know, regardless of what category you're in, you should be studying your Instagram analytics and studying what your community wants and really listening to them and making smart decisions and pivoting based off that data and that feedback to really help serve them. I'm glad you brought up the aesthetic <laughs> because I I feel like, you know, we love a strategic grid with colors and patterns. And, you know, sometimes with with clients, we're, we're trying to get that across, right? That the aesthetic matters, especially on Instagram. And, you know, you're often told, well, people see one post in your feed. They're not really going and looking at the grid cohesively, but they are, right? Like, that's what makes someone follow you. If they click on your account and see this brand and this beautiful content and they want to see more of it, consistent, they'll follow it. How have you built these brand social media presences to be so large? It's one, really being clear about who you are and what you do um, on your profile, really giving people a reason to follow right. you, you know, and I think having that unique point of view should help you do that, whether it's through voice or through visuals um, or your collaborations that you're doing or your, you know, your takeovers that you're doing. It's really helping you sort of tap other audiences to build and grow your community. But I think the most important thing is that these companies have done such a good job of really listening to their community and really becoming this trusted resource for Mm -hmm. them. And I think as much as you can listen to the community, 
and hear their feedback, they're going to tell you what you want and you should be able to feed them um, with those answers and have them kind of come back. And it just really helps reinforce your whole message of like who you are and what you do. Okay, we've talked a lot about you know, social media in general and and the brands you've worked for and that content. But I want to talk about you for a moment (laughs) because (laughs) these, again, you know, you've worked with a variety of clients and I'm sure had these amazing opportunities. So I'm curious, what's the one project that you've worked on that made you think like, holy shit, I love my job. I get to work in social media. Oh my God. That's a good question. I've never been asked that before. (laughs) Um, I think it was really in the beginning um, when social media was such a wild, wild west. Like I started this in 2009 and I had the most incredible boss at Helmut Lang, uh, Lori, who really believed in me and let me kind of do what I want Mm -hmm. in a way. And she just trusted me. And being able to feel empowered as a social media manager is one of the biggest things to really kind of avoid burnout and still feel excited about what you do. Because social, like, as fun and as glossy as it looks from the outside, actually running an account and building a brand presence that takes a lot of yep. hard work and it takes like a daily 24 right, seven right. grind. And she really let me experiment with so many different projects, whether it was like working with bloggers when they weren't influencers mm, yeah. and doing special collaborations with them and seeing that impact. And I think you know, just being able to have a great boss that let me kind of play around in sort of early days, 2009, 2010. Like, I think that really made me think, okay, social is really going to take off. I'm so excited to be here and really want to focus on it because I think there's a lot of opportunity and this is where marketing is really going. No, I think that's amazing. And what you're saying about that experimentation and, you know, having that freedom to just be able to try something, because I think even today, there's no real rule book for how Mm -hmm. you should do social media. Like it's like we talked about earlier, it's always changing. You know, you want to be the first to do something. Every week, the networks are putting out a new feature (laughs) and we're all kind of winging it. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's an ever evolving channel. And I think if you are willing to experiment and play, like you're going to survive and you're going to continue to grow because there's sort of like an art, there's an art and a science to social, but the art part of it is that you said like no one everyone's kind of learning as they go right but as long as you can continue to play in that space and you're willing to try new things and you're not really afraid of failure like you'll be all right you know yep cool so now i kind of want to talk about your brand in two different ways so you built your own company but you've built quite a social media following for yourself in general. So how are you implementing the lessons that you've used for brands? Um, like what, what types of tips or tricks, random things have you learned that you can not only use personally, but also for the brands you're working with? So when it comes to my own personal socials, um, the thing that I have definitely kept through, you know, whether I'm speaking to brands or just in with my own sort of personal presence is really authenticity um, and being true to myself. So I always say like, if something doesn't feel right in your gut to post or story, just don't do it. You know, like it's just gotta feel like you and you have to be proud of what you're putting out there. Um, Another piece of advice that I always tell clients is to keep it spicy, keep it diverse. You know, I think, you know, switch it up, whether it's a video or it's a photo or it's food one day and travel another, Mm -hmm. but it has to 
be really clear within your brand identity. So if like those pieces of the puzzle don't make sense for your brand, then don't do it. I can totally relate to what you're saying about (laughs) when you're about to post a story and you're like, does this feel right? Like, (laughs) I think we all have that moment when you're about to to press post. Like, do I want to post this? I also like um, that you said, keep it spicy. I think that's (laughs) fun. I mean, we don't normally... Michelle and I both work with a ton of food clients and it's nice sometimes when you can incorporate some of that language into your everyday marketing jargon. So I might steal that. Take it. It's all yours. I mean, I'm always down for keeping it spicy in all areas of life. Yeah, same, same. Um, One question I had for you is that I wanted to ask before is what is next for you? What do you have in store for Enlist and what are you excited about in the coming months or years? Yeah, I'm just excited to continue to grow the business and work with brands that I truly believe in their mission. And I want to just help them. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's so I'm excited to continue to do that um, and help, you know, businesses that I love really bring their social story to life, but also hit those business goals that they're really looking to achieve. Love it. I, I relate with that as well. Like, (laughs) it's just it's so it doesn't feel like work when it's a brand that you love and are passionate about and excited about creating content for. Okay, Holly, thank you so much for talking to us. This was wonderful. And we're so lucky to have you on the pod. You have been a guest of our well, you've been on our list of guests that we've wanted for a while now in list Our in list. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm so honored. Thank you guys for thinking of me and having me. Um, It was a blast. Let's do it again soon. Yes, for sure. One thing that was very clear to me after talking with Holly that I think we need to stress the importance of more for every brand that we work with and all the, you know, people out there listening to this podcast is the importance of that upfront planning. Oh, thank you for saying that because that's exactly what I was thinking. It's like really dive into the brand so you know it like the back of your hand. The exploratory phase. It's so important. Having these discussions with the stakeholders and you know, what would you want this to be? What would your dream Instagram account look like? What, you know, what are your customers asking for? What can we give them? I think a lot of times brands are ready to just launch their Instagram mm-hmm. because they either got told they had to or they um, are trying to sell product and they're missing that, you know, discovery phase. Isn't that sometimes the fun part it's too? So fun. Okay, so moving into the social account that we want you to follow this week. This one's been around for a while, but it's Instagram's at shop account. So they share photos of all these different products that you can find from small brands across the world. And I remember they rolled it out once they introduced checkout within Instagram. Exactly. So everything is shoppable on the page itself. But the news that I want to call attention to that we just found out as we were about to sit down to record this is that Facebook is also now making shops on their pages. So if you are currently a small business and you are selling a product that you would normally ask customers to go to your website to purchase, you can now do that specifically in, within Facebook. Yeah, which is really cool. That's awesome. They had already rolled it out, like I mentioned, with Instagram. Mm-hmm. So now there's a lot more, you know, seamless shopping that could right, happen right. cross-platform. I'm scrolling through now and I see um, some nice soap. There were these aprons that I really loved. There's like a dumpling steamer. I know. I never knew I needed that. I know. It's 
honestly like scrolling through Etsy and That's finding a all good comparison and finding all of these new products that I didn't know I needed but I want. So I'd throw them a follow. I think there's some great new products that you can find here. Looking forward to hearing what you all buy. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Thanks for listening. All the social ladies, 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 all the social ladies. Now put your phones up.